Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 25th, and this is day three in our three-day series, Transition Solutions. This is Chickie Fitzgerald, your host, and I am in... Yikes. (laughs) There we go. Hang on one second. I am coming to you from sunny Tampa, Florida. You don't know how how good it is to be able to say that when it's been uh, a little bit gloomy here of late. Uh, We are back in a cold spurt, but I know that our guest today is going to have a hard time feeling sorry for me. Terry, how is the weather where you are? Well, it is glorious today. It's still winter here in Wisconsin, but there's blue sky and that sun is getting warmer and warmer every single day. So lots of snow on the ground, but it's starting to get a little drippy off of the roof eaves. So we're hopeful. Bring us thank, on the way. Thank you for that uh, weather update, Terry. Our, our show doubles <laughs> as a weather forecast around the country uh, because we do have guests from all over. Our guest today is Terry Cole, and I am going to come back to her in just a minute, but I, I do want to just recap where we have been this week because uh, we do this uh, session uh, about every two months, and you know we could probably do it every week because there are so many people that are uh, what we call uh, in transition or in between successes, on sabbatical, whatever term works for you, uh, but basically that uh, that don't have a, a regular uh, gainful employment. And, you know, that includes some of us who are in the consulting business as well, which we talked about a bit yesterday. Uh, Terry, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to any of our shows. They are available for, for download and, and listening on demand. But on Tuesday, we started out with my my dear friend and colleague, Libby Gill. And Libby uh, has written a number of books, but uh, her most recent book is a book called You Unstuck. And so we talked about how, how to get unstuck, um, you know, kind of the emotional side of things, uh, the financial side of things, all of the different components of being in that place of, of just not having a regular routine and some of the things that you can do to uh, kind of energize yourself. And then we spent some time um, with my new friend. Uh, it's so much fun to have guests on these shows because invariably they start out as, you know, kind of an author that I see from afar and they and they become friends. And Dondi is one of those that became just a fast friend of mine uh, after being introduced uh, by Bob Berg, the author of The Go-Giver, uh, a few weeks ago. And Dondi uh, talked about her new book, which is um, all, all about uh, career changes. And, and so Dondi talked a bit about what happens when you're actually uh, in, in a job and you don't really want to be there and how can you transform where you are uh, to actually recreate the job of your dreams actually right where you are, which I thought was a really, really interesting insight. And Dondi's new book uh, is going to be coming out, I think, in the next week or two. And then yesterday, uh, I, I made another new friend, and, and she was introduced to me by another Blog Talk Radio show host, and her name is Teresa. 
uh, Salihu Musso, and I'm hoping I'm getting that right. I, I, I keep butchering her name and, and not by uh, by desire. But Teresa was just amazing, and, and she has written a book about rebounding. And we talked all about the different uh, ways that you can rebound and, and that it isn't just going from one uh, corporate job into another corporate job that isn't necessarily the right recipe for success. And each individual has their own individual um, part of of themselves that needs to, you know, find that place where you belong. And so we've been talking a lot about leaving a legacy. We've been talking about uh, finding what really is your passion, and that comes from uh, understanding what you love and do well, and and to recognize what you do well, but maybe that you hate. And uh, we just had a great time yesterday. And uh, I, I told Terry uh, today that we were going to save her as the caboose for the series um, simply because the last time uh, we had her on the show, we just had such great fun. So, Terry, I am just looking forward to today. Why don't you give them a little bit of your background other than the fact that you uh, live in the in the uh, tundra. And I noticed you changed your picture on Facebook from the one that kept making me cold with the fur hat on. <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> well, it got warm. That's why I took that hat off. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> warm, warm here is anything above ten. <laughs> um, well, my background is is quite varied, but I will keep it brief, um, and then you can ask some questions if you choose. Basically, what I what I do is help people. <laughs> That's a pretty broad brush stroke, but that's I a have very a... big brush stroke. But you actually have recipes in the back of your book, which we'll talk about before we get to the end of the show. I'm sure. So you do more than just help people. You teach. <laughs> um, well, I guess that's my passion, um, and we can talk about passion later on too. But my passion is helping people, and I do that in a variety of ways. I have a a public relations business um, that handles clients in the automotive industry, and boy, do they need help these days. Oh, yeah. And so I bring some different ideas and and processes to the table for my clients. Um, I also facilitate play shops as opposed to workshops in my own community, helping people change their way of thinking so that they really tap into the power of their own minds rather than let their minds just go on having parties without them and doing what we don't like. We're just doing what we haven't dreamed. Right, right. Well, you know, it's interesting. My uh, my normal co-host for the show, Tiffany Topsick, uh, does uh, laughter yoga. And, and at as I think you know, I head up a group called the Executive Girlfriends Group, and we did a, a mini-retreat uh, in the fall in Orlando, and Tiffany started our day doing laughter yoga. And, you know, I had heard about it, and I knew she had been working on a business, uh, you know, where she was going to be marketing uh, that capability uh, to corporations and and different uh, not-for-profit associations. But when you said play shop, I mean, I I thought about how, how I reacted when we did the laughter yoga of actually just getting out of everybody's comfort zone, but getting to a place where you were, you know, just getting super energized. And I, I remember saying that morning to Tiffany, you know, the next time we do our integrated uh, strategy planning sessions, which we do in our consulting firm, I said, we're going to start with this because, 
you know, it just brought such a, a amazing, and I'm, the only word I can think of is energy, just simply because the the breathing and the taking in of of all of that air and and exhaling in in such a healthy way uh, was just really really amazing. And you know, I think uh, one of the things that came up in our discussions uh, the last two days is really stepping out of, of where you're comfortable just a little bit when you're in between jobs. So Libby had suggested, you know, go out and, you know, if you've always wanted to dance, take ballroom dancing or take, you know, take hip-hop. I mean, do do something really out of character for you. And, you know, you, you have a, a formula in your book, and, and you have broken it into 12 power days. And I'd really like to take this hour to explore those power days uh, with you because I just found them, uh, you know, just so energizing to think through them. And, you know, now that I'm revisiting them, I realize I haven't done all of them since our last show about this. But power day one is all about vacation, but you're not talking about actually getting on a plane or getting in the car loose ends. So I'm suggesting that you take a break that day, go to a, similar to what your other guest suggested, you know, go to a matinee, go to an afternoon movie. I mean, do something that you would, when you're working, you always think, oh, gosh, I wish I could do that. That would be a great movie to see with my girlfriend in the afternoon or that little restaurant that opened up. I'd love to go there for coffee in the morning, but I have to be at work. So go to those places that you basically think about going to when you have a job <laughs> and can't go. Um, right. Then in the kitchen, you know, I, when I wrote this book, I had no thought whatsoever about including cooking or recipes. Um, and then as I got to think about my life and what brings me joy after a day at work or on the weekends is is cooking. I love to cook. Um, Zen in the kitchen is based on, um, Zen is a form of Buddhism that, really is all about being very mindful of the moment that you're in. And when you're mindful of the moment that you're in, there is no future and there is no past. And if you really practice that, it gives me goosebumps talking about it, there is nothing but joy in each moment. It's when we get off that bus and start getting on the fast track to the future or the one that goes back to the past that all of our problems and worries are created. So... Mm -hmm. My suggestion is you're going to be without a job. We all have to eat, no matter whether we're working or not. So the joy of creating a meal, actually thinking about what it is that you'd like to feed your body, um, going out and, and gathering those ingredients and and creating the, the, the preparation um, deciding whether you're going to eat by yourself or if you're going to share it with your family or have your friends over. There's such a wonderful process in doing that. And then serving food, and it, we're not talking you know, six-course meals or some fancy French recipe. We're just talking about the joy of creating and then sharing that creativity. Well, you know, it's interesting when you talk about, uh, you know, just really dwelling on the present. I don't know if you ever picked up uh, the little allegorical book called The Present. It actually has a picture of, of a gift on the front. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you read through the story, uh, as, as the storyline goes, you actually uh, are opening that present and that gift when you can stay in the present. And 
so many of us, and particularly women, uh, we do so much multitasking. I mean, it, it is just inherent to who we are. And I know in, in my former office that I had uh, back when we owned an office building, I actually structured a, a seating area where I put a phone so that I could force myself when I was going to get on the phone to get up from my desk so that I wouldn't have the temptation of read, reading email while I was talking because I wasn't in the present. I was trying to do so much, and I wasn't giving the person on the other end of the phone um, that level of attention that they really needed. So, you know, I think that vacation idea and that power day is really about turning that attention to you. And when you're working and when you're busy and even when you're job hunting, you know, you really aren't focused on charging up. And, you know, we, we can get so drained when we have a devastating layoff. I mean, I will never forget the first time I lost my job. And, and I thought I was the center of the company. I mean, it was a small company, so it was easy to think that. There were only four <laughs> of us, and two of them were owners, and I was the one out selling. Um, and, you know, when they laid me off, I was just I was incredulous first. I mean, I wasn't devastated. I was incredulous that it had happened. And so, you know, you spend your time going through so many different emotions. And, you know, so that brings me really to day two. Uh, day two talks about uh, your your legal companion, and, and the very first one is, is, you know, the joy of venting. So talk to me about that. Well, and, and just to dis- describe what your legal companion is, it's your, you know, your legal notebook, your yellow <laughs> notepad with all the blue lines on it, or it doesn't have to be that color, but basically it was just kind of a spin on words. And the joy of venting, we, we all need to do that at times, and typically we don't do it at the time that we need to, so we build it up, and instead of venting, we have a volcano at the time that we finally let loose. So... I'm suggesting that you get it out of your system. If you're raging at the unfairness of your situation or at the jerk that your former boss was or whatever it is that's causing you to stay in the negative aspect of losing your job, I'll call it that for lack of a better um, description, go ahead and get it out of your system um, one of the things I've discovered, and I'm certainly not the first, about writing things down is that you can then go back and and edit. <laughs> so right. if you write down all of the things that you absolutely hated about this past job, and when you're you know days ahead now, you're looking for a new job, Remember that. Don't go back finding another job that has the exact same things that you disliked about the one that you just left. So it's a good, it's just sort of a good recipe for remembering later on when, you know, we're jumping at any job opportunity. Well, take a minute and say, hmm, this has a familiar ring to it. <laughs> and you yeah. look back at your legal pad and discover, you know what, I really hated this and I don't want to do it again. And we don't have to do the same thing again. I guess that's so so important for people to understand. There's a reason you lost your job, not just because of the economy. There's a bigger reason in in my thinking, and that is to push you into your true, real purpose for being here. 
Exactly, and we talked a lot about that in the last two days. And it's so funny, Terry, that you talk about looking back at things that you never want to do again. Because the day that we sold our office and we were we were moving out, and I was packing, I was actually going through all of uh, my files. And you know, I had had my consulting practice for ten years, and so I had a, a lot of you know what we call deliverables in the industry, which is you know the actual final product when you do a business plan or a marketing plan. Or, and I remember you know, taking them out of the folder and, th- and throwing them in the trash and saying, never want to do that kind of project again. And, and so it, it helped me clarify. And so it really was a clarifying thing to go back and, and do that inventory, if you will. But I think the other side of what you're talking about is also, you know, sometimes in that venting, you actually need to write a letter to someone that you're never going to send. Right, oh, so that you can say all those conversations that you drill over in your head at three o'clock in the morning when you wake up, you know, musing about what has happened to you. Well, well let's I, move on. I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I was just going to add one little um, extra to that. I actually write those letters and I do send them, but I send them to me. Oh, <laughs> I remember and, you telling me that. That's brilliant. And then three days later, I get it back and I think, oh my God. Who is this crazy person? <laughs> you know, I think we ought to do that with email. I think we ought to send the email we want to send, send it to ourselves. And if we could do it with a delay, that would be really smart. It really is a fun thing to experience because you're never that, you know, at the moment that you're angry and you want to get this all out. I mean, the, the point of getting it all out is so that you don't have to go back to that emotion anymore. So then you're you're done and you get the letter and you, just, you almost oh, can't not laugh. It's just too oh, funny. <laughs> that is so funny. That is so funny. Now the next one, uh, Power Day 3, is I Spy. Now I am the mother, uh, the, the 53-year-old mother, by the way, of a 9-year-old and an 11-year-old. So we spend a lot of time playing the game I Spy. Is that what this <laughs> is all about, of being well, observant? <laughs> It actually is. Everybody either remembers that game from their own childhood or, you know, they remember it because they're, as you are, um, you know, playing with your own children. So the reason I chose that is what I want you to do at this point in your uh, Power Day process is to just imagine what it is you would like to have in your New job. This is total fantasy and free will thinking. Just spy the types of things that you want. Now, here's the caveat to that. Your mind is going to want to say things like, oh, sure, <laughs> nice thinking there, kid. You know, good luck with that one. Well, that, that part of your mind, you just want to, you know, put a piece of um, duct tape over and <laughs> go on with the fun of creating a list of things that you want in your next job, regardless of how outrageous it seems. Right. So if you spy working part-time but getting full-time pay, hey, put it down. What's wrong with that? If you spy working from home instead of traveling into a job, write that down. If you spy the amount of money that you want to make, um, if you spy traveling, whatever that is, Begin to write those things down, that, and you'll know when you write those down if they're correct for you because you'll get this little, ooh, wouldn't that be awesome if I actually could pull this one off. Oh, so, and I love this. I spy the most incredible marketing team that ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> I spy fun in my work. That is great. Although at my house we say, I spy with my little eye. <laughs> 
because it rhymes and it makes it more fun. <laughs> okay. Well, you can spy with your little eye, but keep that eye wide open. Absolutely. Of, of all of the things that you want, regardless of how outrageous or impossible they seem at this time. Remember, we're only on day three. <laughs> right. And, and so it leads right into day four, which is believing is seeing. Yeah, and, you know, we all grew up with seeing is believing. Um, And just think about that for a minute. You know, we won't believe something unless we see it, typically. And I'm here to say that believing it first brings it right into your range of sight. So if you believe something is going to happen and you truly know in your mind and heart that that is, you know, that's a given, the universe is going to find all sorts of ways to validate that thought. And all of a sudden, you will start seeing and believing at the same time. Right, right. So, well, you know, it's so interesting, Terry, because in this chapter, you actually have a picture of a check and filling that check out. And a, a few years ago, I was out in Las Vegas with uh, one of my best friends in the whole world, and she had this this group, this kind of mastermind group that she got together with, and they, they were all kind of, of of the universal persuasion. And, and I happen, those people who know me well, know I have a very, very deep faith in that my, my universe has a name, and, and my God is my provider. And, and so as, as they were all talking about this ethereal universe that was going to somehow fulfill what they wanted, I took the check and I, I crossed out the universe and I put, you know, Jehovah Jireh. And 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 I wrote on that check, and I don't even remember. I'll, I'll have to look back at when I was in Las Vegas because I wrote $6 million on that check. And the funny thing is, well, not funny, haha, but but the amazing thing is that, you know, at the end of the two-year period where I was building a new company, I had raised externally $6 million. <laughs> and it, it was something that, you know, when I wrote that on the check, um, you know, it, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, when we're, you were talking about the, that internal voice that is just taunting you all the time about, you know, you're crazy, you're never going to get this. But, right. <laughs> you know, I really do believe that that that, that prayer of my heart of, of having the resources that I needed to build my dream, you know, that, that it, it was within reach. And, and, you know, we were created by a creator who spoke creation into being. So, you know, I, I really believe that although, you know, someone who's listening to this, um, you know, who maybe maybe doesn't live that life of faith, uh, you know, whether your universe has a name or you prefer to keep it, uh, you know, at, at an arm's length, um, you know, that this power of creation is, is actually a law of nature, just like when, you know, you drop an apple, it falls to the ground. And just like when you plant a seed, it actually grows and comes out. So when, when you speak, you're creating what you're saying. Absolutely, and that is so empowering. If you think about it, if you truly respect and honor the creator, whatever name you give it, inside of you, it's just, to me, I'm just in awe of myself all the time. (laughs) And everyone should be. I'm not any different or better or less than anyone else out there, but to have that knowing to come to that understanding that we are the creators of our world is right. just totally mind-blowing. <laughs> well, so, you know, it's interesting to me then, Terry, that, you know, okay, for the first four days, you're you're getting out of, of yourself, you're doing things that you, you love, you're beginning 
to articulate the things that kind of got you into a, a rut, and then you're starting to uh, write down and envision those things that that uh, are, are where you really want to be, and and then really you know beginning to believe that that you're going to see those things, and then day five we go right into the you know kind of back to reality, the practical of your resume, you know, and that seems like a little bit of a of a shock treatment, like you know being in in someplace cold and jumping into a hot tub and then into a cold plunge pool. So, tell me your thought process of taking them right into the reality of creating a resume. Well, the the good news is that today, and and it's you know two years past when I wrote this book. Um, resumes have taken on a whole different life of their own. There are people creating such wonderful ways of showcasing their skills and and past and you know what it is that they've done that it's almost mind-boggling. So the point of doing a resume is that you're probably going to need one. Um, chances are. Uh, so you need to have one, regardless of how creative or uncreative it is, it still needs to contain certain things. And I don't go into how to do it in a, in this book because there are so many easy ways online to um, put together a resume if you don't have one at all. And if you do have one, tweaking it is basically all you need to do. If you want to put it on a video, on a CD, um, that's very cool because then people, um, in other words, you're, you're going to tape yourself talking about you. Now, it takes a certain kind of person to be able to pull this off, but mm-hmm. if you can do it and you send it in and here's, you know, two dozen applications for a job and they're all in writing and right. here's somebody who sent their, you know, their own face in, you're going to stand out, and that's what it's all about these days. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, Terry, I mean, we actually help people with that. Uh, this particular uh, channel on Blog Talk Radio is actually named Resume Live. And what we do is we do 15-minute Blog Talk Radio interviews with people who are either in transition or who are trying to raise money, because it's really, you know, it's very, very similar. You're trying to tell <laughs> yourself. Is. But it's not a job resume it is we have people talk to us about one of three things and they have to choose because 15 minutes isn't a very long time Um, but they talk about either innovation leadership or growth and whether they're a marketer or a technologist or somebody in finance one of those three topics gets them energized and so we have them talk about how they feel about the topic and the things that they have seen and done, and the things that they've seen done badly that haven't served that goal. And so in that 15-minute interview, you really get the essence of the person without ever saying, you know, and from, you know, 2002 to 2004, what were you doing? Because, you know, that's almost uh, superfluous. Because what's really going to make the difference in whether somebody gets hired right now or not is are you going to move my needle? And if I need to innovate, then I'm going to look for somebody who's passionate about innovation. If I need to grow, which who doesn't, having somebody who's already articulated growth strategies out loud to you before you even get them into the interview is really important. And if what you really need is a leader at the helm you know, to, to push things forward, and again, the same thing applies when people are trying to raise money, of, of what are the things that an, uh, an investor is going to look at. And so we do these 15-minute uh, interviews on Blog Talk Radio, and then they can syndicate that interview out 
you know, just even even just generally, it doesn't even have to be sent as a resume, but in helping people figure out what their own personal brand is, we think that that's really important. So I, I don't think you're so far off. And, uh, you know, I think it can be a very, very powerful tool to open the door. Um, so let's let's talk about Power Day 6, because I, I think that this is where the rubber really meets, uh, meets the road of, of coming up with your, your hit list. Talk well, your, your hit list is, is now you're engaging in some action here. Theoretically, you've vented, you've gotten rid of all of that, you know, negative vibe stuff, you've listed all the things you never want to do again, you've imagined things that you want to have in your new job, and so now it's all about finding people to help you. And your hit list is um, comprised of friends, family in some cases, and I'll come back to uh, qualify that in a bit, um, past uh, employees or employers or employees, um, any contacts that you have in your life and not just in your past working experience. So maybe your son's football coach um, is someone that you could talk to about the fact that you're out there looking for something new. Um, I caution people about so, so basically what you're going to do is list everyone mm-hmm. that you think of that, that is going to become your little army. They're going to become um, part of, your, of the next step. So, and what you want to do is approach um, uh, people by virtue of what group they fall into. So if they're past right. colleagues, you're going to approach them in a little bit different manner than the football coach. But you're going to put it out there in whatever powerful, positive way you can think of that, you know, you're looking for a change. You haven't just been fired. You haven't just lost your job because, 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 and then rant and rave. You've already done that, so don't go back to that. <laughs> and you're going to just let people know that you're looking and that you're open to whatever it is that you're open to. Hopefully, at this point, you're open to all sorts of things. Um, because you want to be. You want to be much more flexible than you ever have been before. Your job, your your passion, your next step could be in an arena that you never even thought of, and you don't want to be too narrowly focused and miss that door opening. So you want all of these people to help you, um, you know, and see what comes of that. So most people have oh, hundreds of people that they right, can list. right. Yeah, we were talking about this yesterday a little bit about how one of one of the things that you need to do to kind of get get things in order is is go through your address book on on your uh, your email program, and mm-hmm. you know you're going to find a whole group of people that you have no earthly idea who they are. Um, you know, you probably sat next to them on an airplane and got their business card, uh, you know, and, and never connected, and so it wasn't important. But you, you've got other people who who do fall into that camp who can be supporters. And one of one of the things that I am the biggest fan of is is taking those people and getting them into your social network. So uh, uh, LinkedIn is always the best place when you're actually in the job market or in the capital market of looking looking for funding for whatever it is that you want to do. And and actually, uh, what I find really effective is to go in and to actually do a recommendation for all of those people. Quite a lot of people will actually start with saying, "I'm, you know, I'm in between. Will you write me a recommendation?" But invariably, if you write a recommendation for someone else, completely unsolicited, and, and they, maybe you haven't talked to them for two years, 
um, you know, I find, you know, quite often they will just turn right back around and, and, and do it in, in um, you know, in a reciprocal nature. Oh. And um, I don't know, Terry, if you have ever met uh, Bob Berg or, or read The Go-Giver, but uh, Bob tends to connect me to a whole lot of people. In fact, I've got a separate list on Facebook called my Bob Berg Connections. And he and his part, uh, uh, his author partner, John David Mann, uh, who uh, wrote that allegorical book, The Go-Giver, uh, together, they just wrote a new book called uh, Go-Givers Sell More. And as I was reading it the other night, you know, I was preparing for this show and thinking about the premises that they were talking about, which is actually going out and selling. But, you know, as we've talked, finding a job is pretty much selling yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you would really love it, Terry, because it really talks about, um, you know, in going out and, and mining that network, that actually the way to start mining it is to ask them what you can do for them. And I've got some extra time on my hands in between jobs. Is there anything that I can do for you? And, and um, you know, uh, again, just that, that whole spirit of giving can just be incredibly powerful. Well, and to tag on the, the tail end of that, whenever you give of yourself uh, to whatever service, you know, might be important to you, you, you take yourself out of your own little world of misery right. for a while. And that has opened so many doors for people that it's just amazing to offer to spend time doing something, as you suggested, for another company or for another person or for a service or for a charity, whatever that might be, it makes you feel good, and that's what we want to do when we're feeling bad. We want to stop feeling bad and feel good again. Right. Um, we have all this time. <laughs> you know, it's just so amazing. You either have time or you have money, and when you have both, you know, you're, you're, like, you're complaining. So... <laughs> So when you don't have money and you have time, spend that. Yes. Spend time. It's a wonderful thing to spend. But Absolutely. Yes. So so the next day, and, and this is Power Day 7, which, you know, some of the days, uh, you know, as you lay them out, don't have to be during the week. But this, this one actually does have to be during the week. So tell me about D-Day. Well, D-Day is, um, D-Day stands for all the D words, determination, daredevil, dazzle, desire, deliriously optimistic, and dialing for drumming up business. <laughs> so what you want to do today is get on the phone, and you're going to take that list that you've um, acquired and start talking to people. So as you suggested, you know, you can call people that you might um, want to be uh, uh offering, you know, to do some freelance work for or some, you know, just find out if there's anything that they need. Your networking is what you're doing. You're putting a voice to, and hopefully by day seven, you've got that powerful voice back. And I actually give an exercise in the book on how to increase that um, voice. I won't do it over the phone uh, to save you. (laughs) But it's a fun, fun exercise. It's sort of like um, uh, laughing yoga uh, as far as how energized it makes you feel. But you're going to be sort of revved up and ready to go and talking to people um, in a format that you've created, of course, about what it is that you're able to give them. Hmm. Love that. And, you're, and basically you're opening doors. I mean, you're just opening doors for yourself. So there isn't any phone call to less or to more uh, in this exercise, you want to call just about everyone. Now, you're not going to call, you know, your 
uh, you're, you're, well, I don't even know what to, uh, there are some people you're not going to call. Because <laughs> it's not appropriate, but, you know, you're not going to call your mom. And by the way, I want to talk about moms for just a minute. Moms are great. They're great, but they can also be, and so can other close family members, be the doom and gloom sayers and not exactly our best cheerleaders, even right. though they love us and want us to succeed. It's not that they don't, but they have this way of being practical when practical doesn't apply. Right. Um, so some of the things that you may hear from family and even close friends are, well, what the heck, what makes you think you can do that? You know, well, <laughs> and then you you say, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe I can't do that. <laughs> so those kind of people you don't want to call. <laughs> Absolutely. And and knowing knowing who they are is actually, I think, a part of this whole process because, uh, you know, we really do need to surround ourselves um, with cheerleaders. And I forget who it was. I, I interviewed somebody last year on Solutions Live who had just a marvelous uh, visual picture and and it was a essentially it was a target and that on the outer ring of the target were the people that that are are just people that you've run into like I said on an airplane you've met them at a party but but um, you know the connection was not at all deep and then you, you look at the next rung in and these are people in your life that that you are, are really just acquaintances you know you've worked um, kind of remotely with them or or you've worked on a a uh, a team with them on on some project, um, and then as you keep going in and in, you, you finally get to that inner circle, and and the the next layer in actually are all the people in kind of your virtual life, you know, before you get into that inner circle and people who you're on LinkedIn groups with and on Facebook groups and you fanned this one and friended that one, and and then the next circle in is your your real set of friends. So maybe it's people in your neighborhood or your church or people who you grew up with or went to college with. Um, or that you've worked with, or, or that you just have met and connected instantly with. And right at the center of that are uh, what I call the board of directors of your life, and, and people who, when you need to make a decision, who do you call? You know, who do you, who do you really want to know? And I think what you've talked about is, is mining the inner circles, not just that deep inner circle, but you know, the people who, who uh, could know about something that's going on. So basically day day eight is pretty much to, to repeat that and, and, you know, to kind of keep moving forward. And, and uh, I call it the year, the year of the relationship. I think we've all gotten so lazy with using electronic communication that we've forgotten that actually voice-to-voice is an incredibly powerful tool. Oh, my goodness, it is. And, and it's often scary for people if, you know, if they've been used to um, – not necessarily being on the phone for for whatever their job involves that much, or perhaps they've just used, you know, social networking or email. It can be a little disconcerting to get on the phone and say, you know, put it out there, I'm looking for a new job. Or actually, I suggest people use things like, you know, I wasn't getting enough adventure and excitement and fun in my last job and <laughs> for something that really challenges me, or whatever oh, it is. I love that. So you don't have to say, oh, I don't have a job, and I can't pay the bills next month. Help. Right. You don't want to come across that way because, well, hopefully earlier in my book you've understood the victim mindset by now and you've gotten yeah. rid of it because it's certainly not serving you. Um, but just to, as a, as a little um, refresher, 
You want to be as powerful on the phone through your voice, through what you're going to be saying. You can write out your script um, exactly as you want it to be. And oh, exactly. And I think you probably remember when uh, when Tiffany and I were talking about her early days, and I mentioned this yesterday, um, that that uh, when she had, had uh, been downsized out of a, a, a sales role, a business development role. She had all was also terminating a three-year period where she had been the president of a, a major association in the hospitality industry. And uh, you know, when she first told people that she was out of a job, you know, there was this immediate sympathy. And 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 then she got to this place of real power where she just kept telling everybody she was on sabbatical. <laughs> and, oh and like, yeah. Oh, how cool is that? And and so um, actually, I want to talk about that because Power Day Nine is all about uh, you know taking a break and, and actually, um, you know kind of getting back to that first place of, of, of finding a way to just be in a place of power but, but to take time for yourself again. Well, you also want to learn, in case you haven't learned it by now, that there's a balance in life. Everything has a natural balance, and you want to be in balance as well. So work, 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 even if it's working on finding a new job, is still work, 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 work. So you want to take a break every once in a while right. and go do something, you know, something out of the house. Don't think cleaning is taking a break. That's not <laughs> what I'm talking about. Or doing that wouldn't be on my list. <laughs> doing the laundry. I also want to just add one little fun thing back to being on the phone. If you're a person that's um, on the phone a lot or not and need to be because of your networking, put a picture of you know, whoever is in your life that you absolutely are tickled about, whether that's your dog or your lover or your granddaughter, put it up because whenever we look at pictures of people we love, I mean, you just can't not feel good. Your whole voice sound will sound different. Right. Um, you can hear a sparkle in somebody's voice when they're feeling good. And so if you need that little help, Hang up pictures of whatever it would be. <laughs> I won't get too graphic, but whatever makes you laugh and smile and have that there when you're on the phone because, you know, the, the timber of your voice is very, very important. You know, that that's funny because I, I typically tell my guests, I mean, I didn't have to tell you because we just have such a great time together, but I, I tell them to write the words smile on a piece of paper when we do an interview <laughs> so, that, so that they will remember to smile. But that's a great idea. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I, I do want to just stop and mention, uh, and I'm a little bit remiss because I, I normally do this at the beginning of the show, a couple of things. One, this show is being sponsored by the U.S. Travel Association Travelcom Expo Conference, which is coming up in Dallas uh, week after next, and it is from the 9th to the 11th at the Fairmont Hotel. And the unique thing about this this year and, and why it's important for people listening to this show is the U.S. Travel Association U.S. Travel Association has realized that there are a lot of people hurting in the industry, and and that's the industry I'm from. And even though this show is is much broader than just the travel industry, I know we do have a number of listeners uh, from from the industry, and they have reached out and said that if if someone will register for a special workshop that Libby Gill and I are doing at TravelCon, which is for people in transition, it's the morning of the 11th, uh, that they will actually grant them 
complimentary registration to the conference, and that's worth $1,500. And being in a place where you can connect with over 700 executives in the travel industry. So, you know, for those people who have the skill sets that and who can get to Dallas for the conference, um, they can get in touch with me at Chicky C H I C K E at Solutions. S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-Z dot com, and I'll fill you in on the details. Um, so th- thanks for, for that little uh, mini commercial break. So let's, uh, we've got about 15 minutes left, and we've got uh, actually three, or uh, yeah, three more days to talk about. So let's talk about Power Day 10, which is Dear You. I love Power Day 10. You can actually do this many times in your life. Um, we tend to identify our job with who we are. I think we've all experienced that, and we aren't. We're far more than what our jobs are. And it, what happens sometimes when people lose a job is that they feel very much like they've also lost their identity, and it does take a while to bring that back and start feeling good again. And I do suggest, even though this isn't the day that we're talking about, that until you feel good about yourself, don't go out there pounding the pavement because it's going to show. You want to be, you want to be as, as pumped up and energetically excited about you as mm-hmm. possible. So that brings us to day 10. Um, Dear You is another letter that you're going to <laughs> write to yourself. Um, And this is pulling out all the stops on fun, using all of your imagination. Nothing is going to be practical here in some cases, and it doesn't matter. You're writing the letter to you as if you were, and you can fill in the blank here, the universe, God, your guardian angel, whatever, as if it were coming from them offering you the most incredible, perfect job in the world for you. So the letter goes like this. Dear savvy, smart, intelligent, successful, dynamic, accomplished, no moss grows on you, you can do anything (laughs) picky. (laughs) And so after that, you're, you're going to be receiving great news. And the great news is that of all the people who have applied for the perfect job, you have been selected. While there were many applicants, no one compared to you. In making our selection, we considered all the wonders that are contained in you. And here is where you write those wonders. So all of the, all of the attributes that you currently possess or ever wanted to possess, this is what you write down. You start describing you in the most magical way possible. And so after you do that, um, the letter goes on to inform you that there's more than just this perfect job. You get to fill in the blank on all of the benefits that you Mm, want in this time. How much money do you want? What kind of vacation time do you want? Do you want to work from home part of the time and come in part of the time? What, and this again is where you fill in all the blanks. What's the perfect, perfect situation for you in a job? You're not naming a job. You're not saying I'm going to be a sales manager. You're just putting in the things that you want. If you had a perfect job, what would all those things be? So that's, oh, and by the way, there's a P.S. 
we think you should ask for more money. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I I love that. I do want people to mail this letter to themselves. Again, after a few days that goes by, when you get this back, it's going to be a great reminder that you are worthy. You are so worthy of having everything that you want in life. You know, I, that that is so great, and it reminds me, I was just telling my husband the other day, uh, you know, we've got an 11-year-old daughter who's in middle school, and uh, she uh, last summer, for some reason, um, our church uh, didn't decide to do uh, camp, and she had been so looking forward to it. It would have been, I think, either her third or fourth year at camp, and, and she had just really been devastated when she found out that they weren't doing it. And so this year, uh, they just announced they're going to do it, and they're going to do it up in North Carolina. And, I mean, she's never been away out of state by herself. So uh, she is exceptionally excited about that. Um, But she also knew that that it was probably too uh, too much money for us with our current situation. And so she just kept saying, I can't have it, I can't have it. Oh, you know, I'll have a bake sale and I'll do this and I'll make the money. And, you know, every time she'd think about that, it was just overwhelming because, you know, she needed uh, two or $300. And uh, one of our dear friends um, was here and uh, she just said to me quietly, you know, she knew Kira's birthday was coming up in April and she said, uh, when her birthday comes up, just tell her it's paid for. Well, it's driving me crazy because her birthday isn't, you know, for another month and a half. And and here Kira is still agonizing about this when I know I'm giving it to her. And, I mean, you know, what you're describing is, is this whole scenario where, you know, as you articulate what you want, you know, your loving parent decides to give it to you and or, or arranges for it to be given to you. And it's not time for you to know yet because the surprise <laughs> yeah. is, is, you know, building up. And, I, you know, I think that, that just, again, that delay of when that, when that uh, letter comes in the mail and then when you remember months later when you are sitting, you know, doing exactly what your heart desires, that you can look back and you actually will have that letter in your hand and you can remember that. So let's go on to Power Day 11, your own reality TV show. <laughs> well, this is so fun. And and basically, I think at this point everybody understands what a vision board is and basically what a vision board is is putting pictures and positive sayings and um things that you want to have in your life up on a board or a blackboard or the wall or a big piece of cardboard. Um and it's so it's so empowering because again, it puts you in the place of here's all of the things that I'm going to be able to have should I choose when I have my perfect job, my perfect income. Kids love to do this. So you get all the catalogs and magazines that mm-hmm. you can, and you sit down with the family and or just yourself or your friends. I've done this with girlfriends. It's, it's great. A bottle of wine and a vision board, hey, there's nothing better. Um, <laughs> but you can sit down and cut out pictures, have the family Look through all the magazines, cut out pictures of what you want when it's you know when you have the money to buy it um and and powerful sayings that you might see and you can use newspapers for this too you can you can cut out cartoons anything that that builds up your excitement and energy level looking towards the future in a positive way so you know maybe you want a new house you know maybe you want to add on to the house you have or Maybe the kids want to take a trip to Disneyland and they've never been able to do that or go camping. Whatever that is, everybody gets to find the picture or create. You can draw the pictures too 
and put it up on your vision board. It's sort of like your own reality TV show. Oh, that's so, cool. And you know, it's so funny because I've been fighting this uh, battle with myself about uh, we we actually sold our office two years ago, and my husband and I both moved home. Uh, and and fortunately, we live in a house that's large enough that we were able to craft two separate offices uh, for ourselves. And I'm up in this open loft, which looks out over, I, mean, I know you're not going to feel sorry for me at all, but I, <laughs> I look out over a marina and palm trees and, and boats. And, I mean, it's just so, so gorgeous. But I, I haven't had enough room to put things away. And so my office was a wreck, and I had this enormous stack of of magazines, and they were mostly business magazines. So, you know, everything from, you know, uh, the small business version of Fortune and, you know, just a whole bunch of different, you know, some trade magazines. And, you know, I kept thinking, oh, man, I've got to go through that stack and see if there's anything I really want, you know, any articles that, I, you know, are really going to be meaningful to me. But instead, I did exactly what you're describing. I got a pair of, of um pinking shears. Uh, I don't know if that term means anything to anybody, but my mom used them when, when I was little. And and I got these pinking shears and I started cutting out pictures, exactly what you're saying, cutting out uh, article titles that I wanted you know, to, to emulate. And I did exactly that. Now, I haven't put them on a board yet, but um, I am thinking that my next executive girlfriend's group get together here in Tampa, we're, we're actually going to do one of those parties. I think that would be great fun. So let's let's talk about Power Day 12 because this is really the culmination of everything that you've talked about and and the the name of this day is energy flows where your attention goes and isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Well, and the good news about that is that you can direct your energy and your attention and and stop in in its tracks any negative thoughts that are are coming in uh to your mind. So and and it can easily happen. I mean, you may be just whistling along on your day and you get a phone call or an email and somebody has bad news and pretty soon you've, you're deflated. And it's all because of, of how you allowed that energy or that news to affect you. So that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, so right. today... Um, what I want you to do is follow up. It's it's basically following up to all of those um, things that you put out there earlier in letting people know that you're uh, looking for a job. So you want to email, phone, in-person visit um, as many people as you can. And again, this is more than a one-day thing, but it, it sets you up for it. So you're you've by now and there's many more things in the book that obviously we haven't been able to touch upon but well, we're going to talk about your recipes i'm not letting that go okay <laughs> <laughs> so you want to you want to visualize your new life this is really the essence of the book you want to visualize your new life whatever that means for you you're not necessarily visualizing a specific job only the things that you want that job to contain you're leaving it open for other possibilities that you never even thought of, and believe me, they will come to come into your reality. So um, you want, you just want positive energy on this day as you follow back up with with people. Um, so you don't want to go into a long dissertation about, you know, oh, I've been looking and nothing's happening, and right, right. Whole hoping that you've got something for you. <laughs> So again, you can um, 
you know, you can cop an attitude, so to speak. You can um, make this as powerful and energetic as as you want it to be. Well, with that, I want to turn uh, just very quickly and, and to your recipes, which uh, I, I still have not tried these, but I am actually going to take this downstairs <laughs> so that I remember <laughs> to do it. But um, it starts out with Terry's Fried Green Tomatoes at the Wild Divine Cafe, <laughs> Terry's Grilled Eggplants a la Addictive, uh, which does sound absolutely addictive, and I am an eggplant connoisseur, so I can't oh, well, wait to try yours. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's addictive. And then better than Carmela's Carmela Soprano's eggplant parmesan, which again <laughs> is another one of my very favorites. And Terry's seriously delicious rice pudding. And my daughter just made some rice pudding uh, over the weekend, so I am dying to uh, do a taste test comparison with the kids' cookbook, which was pretty darn good. (laughs) And then there is, (laughs) yeah, and then there's Terry's The Secrets in the Spices Potato Soup. Mm -hmm. And today is uh, actually it's sunny, but very cold here in Florida, so potato soup would be good. Terry's Green Beans and Grape. Tomato Yum Salad. Mm. Uh, Terry's Mamma Mia Meatballs. Triple it up, hot artichoke and spinach spread, and it just goes on and on. And I just uh, I urge you guys to uh, that are listening to the show today or that are going to be listening on demand to get a copy of Terry Cole's book. Terry is uh, not only a delightful guest, but she wrote a very, very practical and thought-provoking book called Lost Your Job. Now what? The possibilities are endless. And Terry, um, before uh, I, I close the show, can you just tell people how to get in touch with you? Certainly. Um, my email address is terry at lostyourjobnowwhat, and terry is T-E-R-R-Y. You can definitely call me. My phone number is 920-622-5536. And I have another website, which is Terry Cole, T-E-R-R-Y-K-O-H-L dot com. Okay, terrific, Terry. It's been just wonderful. I want to close with reading your Miranda Rights for the Soul. You have the right to remain ecstatic. Anything unhappy you do or say can be used against you by your subconscious. You have the right to consult an ecstatic person before speaking negative thoughts or feelings. If you cannot find an ecstatic person, one will be provided for you. (laughs) If you decide to ignore the power of joy and remain unhappy without consulting another ecstatic person, you make that choice willingly. And knowing and understanding your soulful rights as, as I have explained them to you, are you willing to become a mindfully and joyfully ecstatic person for the rest of your life? Go and leave your legacy. Thank you for joining us on Transition Solutions. Thanks, Chicky. Me.